Well, I warned you uh, a few weeks ago that I would fly my flag. Here it is. Does anybody know what flag this is? Way to go! Way to recognize my homeland. So, as each of us has been formed in our mother's womb and bear a likeness to our parents, so we all are formed to bear the likeness of Jesus, our King. As each of us has been formed in our mother's womb and bear a likeness to our parents, so we are all formed to bear the likeness of Jesus, our King. Here's my family. Here's Ole Andres. He's the one who immigrated in the 1840s from Chernagel, Norway. This is my great-great-grandfather, Lars Johan. My granddad, Clarence Jeremiah, what a name. He never explained to me why Jeremiah was his middle name. My dad, Lorne, there I am at my, you know, when I got married, I was a pretty young guy. And then there's Adam, and then being formed in the womb is Lars Andres, picking up family names. You see any family, you know, if you come study this, you might see some family resemblances uh, with us. I look like some of those in my family. Uh, as I go on through life, I figure out that there are traits within my family that I have. Uh, one of my great-great-uncles uh, was a composer. I hear song and write song. It's just within me. Found out that same uncle I visited Shepherd's Field in the 1890s. Uh, when I visited Shepherd's Field for the first time, I thought, there's something, there's, there's, there's a something here. There's a connection here. It just was, and I found out later that's where my uncle was. Uh, it's very, I'll tell you that story sometime. Well, Paul tells us in Galatians 4, 19, my little children, I'm going through labor pains again. <laughs> until Christ is formed in you. Just as we were formed in our mother's womb to be born in the likeness of our parents, so those of us that are following Jesus, we've committed ourselves to following Jesus, the Holy Spirit is forming us so that we look like Jesus, both individually and corporately. So this year what we've, we've done is we've just picked up that theme. We want to follow this thread. Uh, we're going to start in the letter to Galatians. Until Christ Jesus is formed in us. Until Christ Jesus is formed in us. That's not an easy proposition. That doesn't happen just automatically. You just can't pick up your Bible and hold it and I'm going to become like Jesus. It's a process. And this morning I want to introduce you to the process of formation. And I want to visit Galatians chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. From Paul, an apostle who was not sent from human authority 
or commissioned through human agency, but sent through Jesus Christ and sent from God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead and from all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus gave himself for our sins so he could deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. So to God be the glory forever and ever, always. Amen. As I introduce you to this Christ being formed in us, there's several things within that paragraph that I want just to underscore. First, formation needs direction. Without a director, you and I are not going to be formed in the likeness of Jesus. So as you look at Paul's story, Paul was sent by God. He's a sent one. He's an apostle. The purpose of his sending was in order that he would direct new believers toward their formation in Christ Jesus. Regardless of what you think, and we could have a long conversation about Paul, but Paul's calling was to be a director, a person that would direct every new believer, every new congregation toward their formation in Jesus Christ so that each person that he introduced to Jesus, so that every congregation that committed themselves to Jesus, his desire, his work, his commissioning, his calling was that they would look like Jesus. And that commissioning wasn't through a human organization. It wasn't through a man. It wasn't through an agency. It was from God himself. Paul, as he writes, I am again. This is again and again and again with each person, with each congregation. I'm again going through labor pains until Christ is formed in all of you. Because he was called, commissioned, empowered, he was willing to suffer. <laughs> this was one way that he suffered. This is going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the birth pains. I, it's like I'm giving birth again and again and again until Christ is formed in you. Paul was authorized both by the Son and the Father to provide this direction. And again, I, want, I don't ever want us to forget that Paul himself was formed by his personal encounter with the risen Jesus. Jesus is one of those few on the planet that had a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus. And don't, don't forget that that face-to-face -face encounter happened when Paul was at his worst he was on his way to Damascus. He was angry. He was mad. He was wanting to put out the flame of this thing that was spreading, this sect that was following Jesus. He was in a bad place. He was willing. I mean, he held the coats of those that stoned Stephen in full agreement. He should die. What? And Jesus showed up in his life. Again, regardless of what you think of Paul, Paul had an encounter with Jesus 
after his resurrection. That's incredible. That has a way of shaping you. Paul was never the same from that encounter. Also, Paul is never disconnected from the community of both brothers and sisters. Paul was never alone. Every missionary journey, every church he planted was always with a community of people. The only time he was alone was when he was in prison. And then there are times he was in prison with others. And then he, he also, but I never was alone because God was always there. Then the other thing is that, that Paul was formed not only by those brothers and sisters in that community, he was always connected to the divine community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you look at his life, he has, he has a beautiful relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He, he's, he's in what, what one writer said, the divine dance. So formation needs direction. Paul helps provide that. Formation needs grace and peace. Formation is not demanding. But formation is caring for people as they're, as they're formed into the image of Jesus. There are challenges. Challenges that are brought about simply from the fact that we need to change. Now, who I was at 17 when I came to know Jesus is not who I am now. And it has not just been this woohoo, joyful journey. <clears throat> there was a season in my life that I was gutted like a fish. And all the parts came out. And fortunately, I had somebody that could put the stuff back in that needed to go back in, that stuff that didn't went away. That was a very painful season in my life, but I was being formed to be more like Jesus. There are challenges. We all like who we are. We all have blind spots. But the Holy Spirit sees through all of that. And so when we give ourselves to being formed into the likeness of Jesus, there's going to be challenges and there needs to be grace, 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 grace given. Because we're going to fight at times against change. Formation will end in peace. The end result will be peace. I can tell you now, after 40 years of being in the process, I'm at peace. I'm not there yet. I'm still being formed. I'm still being shaped. But the core of who I am is, is at peace. And I've, and I've traveled through these moments of, of pain and struggle to, to come to a place of peace, of wholeness, of shalom. Grace and peace only come from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. There is no one else that dispenses grace and peace. You can't go down to Walmart and get grace and peace. Grace and peace is dispensed from God 
to us as a community so then we can, we can pass it on to each other. But it, the source is always God. And grace and peace are always there for the asking. Anytime you and anytime we ask for grace and peace, God will never say, sorry, you've used it up. Not going to give it to you. It's always there. And it's there simply for the asking. Formation needs direction. Formation needs grace and peace. Formation rests on a foundation of love and sacrifice. We are being formed into the likeness of Jesus on a foundation of love and sacrifice. What Paul is telling us is that Jesus gave himself. Jesus made a choice to sacrifice himself in order to remove our sin. The Old Testament, sin was covered over. New Testament, sin is removed. It's a big difference between the two. And Jesus chose to do that for us. An incredible sacrificial love. At the same time, God the Father, who loved Jesus, his son, his only unique son. There's nobody like Jesus. At the same time that, that the Father loved the Son, he also loves rebellious, sinful humanity. God's never stopped loving human beings. We are created in his image. We can disappoint him. We can fall short. He can even get angry. But that doesn't mean he stops loving us. So he likewise adds to this sacrificial love. The sinless one, Jesus, did for us what we could never do for ourselves. So the father lovingly and sacrificially said to Jesus, at some point, when we messed it up, when we said, we'll try, we'll try life without relationship with you. At some point, Jesus said, I'm the solution to that. And the Father said, yes, you are. Go. So the Son volunteered to sacrifice himself on our behalf, even though we didn't really deserve it. Formation leads to greater freedom. Jesus gave himself for our sins. Now, on the one hand, I think all of us, if I were to ask you that as a question, why did Jesus give himself for our sins? I think most of us would be quick to say, well, so he could forgive us. There'd be a foundation for forgiveness. And that is a very true statement. And I don't want to minimize forgiveness. I, I'm the recipient of being forgiven. And, and I like to be forgiven. And I like to extend forgiveness. But there's something else. Jesus gave himself for our sins, not only to provide forgiveness, but also to provide us with freedom. He delivers us from this 
present evil age. Now, you're going to need to think about that one for a while. Because I'm not sure that that's like within our conversation very often. Jesus, by sacrificing himself for us, did it so that we would be free. Deliver us from the influences of this present evil age. Now, there's two ways to think about that. I would encourage you to start thinking about that. One, ultimately, the fact that you and I will be resurrected from the dead means, oh, death, where is your sting? This present age, which began with the fall of humanity and will end with the return of Jesus, we're all subject, every human being is subject to death. We will all die unless Jesus comes back. But those of us that have trusted Jesus, what's going to happen? We're going to live. So much so that we say, I'm, I don't die. He's the resurrection and the life. I'm going to fall asleep and I'm going to wake up in God's presence. Resurrection, which is going to be for every human being, actually. Resurrection, but resurrection in Jesus is going to be a total freedom from the influence of what came with the fall of man. But it's not just that. That's good. But there's also a freedom. We're rescued right now from the influences of this present evil age as we're formed into the likeness of Jesus who never rebelled against his father who suffered from this present evil age. And he suffered from the religious aspect of this present evil age. And he suffered from the governmental evil aspects of this age. But he never rebelled against his father. So you and I, as we become formed into the likeness of Jesus we begin to live with a greater freedom from the influences of what's going on around us in the world. Do we realize that the ruler of the world that we live in is not God? And do we realize that that ruler of the world around us does not tell the truth? Do we realize that the biggest influence that you and I, as people following Jesus, need, need to come to grips with is that we're vulnerable to deceit. We can be deceived. Even though we know Jesus, even though our sins have been forgiven, and even though we may have been formed into some likeness of Christ, we are still vulnerable to deceit. We can be deceived. That's my biggest concern for the church in the day that we live in. We're not awake to the deceptions that are happening. But as we're formed to the likeness of Jesus, we're less vulnerable to that deceit. Though I don't think we'll be totally free of that until... We have a new body. We're either resurrected or Jesus returns. So my friends, 
Paul writes, as an apostle, not sent from human authority or commissioned through human agency, but sent through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I've been commissioned by the living God. And from all the brothers and sisters with me, the community of the saints, to the churches of Galatia, grace and peace to you from God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself for our sins so he could deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father and to God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please remember, as we start down this path, until Christ Jesus is formed in us. Formation needs direction. Formation needs grace and peace. Formation rests on a foundation of love and sacrifice. And foundation leads to greater freedom. And if you wonder, this is according to the will of God. This formation into the likeness of Jesus is what God wants for us. He wants us to look like Jesus. And as that process is happening, it's not just the end of it, but as it happens, as we say, yes, I will surrender to Christ being formed in me, Christ being formed in us, to God be the glory forever and ever and ever. Would you please stand with me? I want to remind you that each of us, man and woman, younger, girl and boy, we are all people who bear the image of God. Because we bear the image of God as far as God is concerned. We are precious, we are priceless. We are worth redeeming. The image of God in all of us never goes away, even when we're at our worst. When we've been our worst, when we've been rebellious, we didn't erase the image of God. You can't erase the image of God. It's stamped in the depth, the center of who we are. And what spiritual formation is, is God calling his image to the surface. And as he calls his image to the surface, he begins to strip away the false loyalties, the false gods, the false attachments, the delusions of what we thought we were, and sometimes what we present that we are, and we become who God wants us to become. That is an incredible, incredible process. A little bit scary 
at times painful, sacrificial. But what else is there? And what other option is there? So I'm asking you to stand with this introduction to give you the opportunity to say, yes, Lord. I want you to form me. Yes, Lord. I want you to form us. Formation is never just one person. It is each of us, but it's all of us. We're all being shaped into the likeness of Jesus. We're a part of the body of Christ, so the next level is to also say, yes, Lord. The body of Christ universal must be shaped into your likeness. Is this what you want? Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, form me to be like Jesus? Holy Spirit, give us direction toward formation. Pour out your grace and your peace upon us. Remind us of the foundation we stand upon of love and sacrifice. And call us into greater freedom. To your glory we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.